eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. Oh, man. Back in your groove. You're in it, buddy. Covered with street water. <laughs> That's the best Immediately. kind. Like, it's just a wave of it. They, nobody gives a fuck. No, they laugh at you when you get splashed with street water in New York. It's pouring rain out there. That's part of the fun. It is. I do feel like I'm a part of the game again. Honestly, you though, dude. You know what dude. makes me want to do? What's Go that? get a crossbow. Really? <laughs> yeah, and start showing people that I, too, can play the game, but in a different way. Game yeah. that lasts for keeps. Uh-huh. Interesting. <laughs> I don't think they allow crossbows in, uh, crossbows in New York City, though, unfortunately. It is very scary. It is. It's a, it's a chaotic city. It wow. is a crazy place. I mean, if you type into Google crossbow, it auto-fills to crossbow legal in NYC. And what's the Let, answer? Let's see. Before we start this show, we need this answer. The law allowing crossbow use across the state is not perfect. Ah, what? Not a perfect law. It's so it's not allowed everywhere. Uh, That's what's not perfect about it is that I can't take a crossbow and bring it into a bank. I can't take a crossbow and bring it into a church. You should be able to. Crossbows cannot be used to hunt anything, big game or small, in Nassau, Suffolk, or Westchester counties. What about equalizing the population? Does it say about that? Or Anything about, about that. Yeah, but the class warfare? Mm. Can, I, can I participate in class warfare using a crossbow in New York City proper? Not if you're 500 feet near a school. Okay, oh. good to know. <laughs> That may, that's actually reasonable. And technically, if we see a child on the street here in New York City, that's just that's a school of hard knocks. There right it is. There. You hey. also uh, cannot discharge a bow or crossbow so that the load or arrow passes over any part of a public highway. What are they doing? Just are they using Dookie for their crossbow weapon? What for? The, for their ammo? Yeah. Oh, load, don't. Oh, I'm going to load up this crossbow. No, it's a bolt. Oh, really? Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? <laughs> this is the last podcast on the left, and we are doing, I am, we are putting on our Old Navy pants, and what Ooh, are Old Navy pants? Relax. Always relaxed. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm inside of Chris Christie's fanny pack Ooh, right now. I I'm know. so relaxed. It is so relaxing, and I do have to say, have you had the Old Navy pants? Uh, for about two weeks until they finally fall apart. No, they don't. Oh, they last awful. longer. Feel this. Feel that stretch. Ugh. No, pull it. No, pull it. Ugh, it's pull. like ugh. It's, it's like, like skin. Skin. Yeah. <laughs> that's not how Jean is supposed no, to feel. It's not jeans. I'm like uh, Sharon Tate. I'm wearing <laughs> tight, tight pants. Are you still buying pants at Old Navy? Yeah, I have to. They're the only ones that fit me. 
I'm a 38-36 still at Old Navy, okay? <laughs> Every other pant, so I am a right. 44. But at Old Navy, yes, because they make them for big people who want to live a lie. And old? that is what I'm doing. You're like Sharon Tate in the fact that you have something inside you that it's about to be incised by a bunch of hippies? No, I don't. Honestly, I do have to go back to the doctor. And you know these crazy doctors nowadays with all of their bizarre hippie thoughts. You never know. <laughs> Was this about your gout? <laughs> no. You see, you told me yesterday that you're trying to spread your gout so it's more legit. I did not You say said, that. I want to get my gout to be bigger said, so that I really no, have gout. Like, I you were said, asking, like, I said your gout to be Bigger? No, I don't want my gout to be bigger. I say, gout, get out, 2019. <laughs> but what I did but say just was... just yelling at your foot doesn't fix it. You need to stop drinking BLs until you fall asleep yeah, every night. I yeah, know, and also, it, once it's there, it doesn't go away. I understand the lies. Yes, I know. <laughs> but what I said was, ooh, I should go have some lobster because Henry said he ate at Greenpoint Lobster and Fish Company. Mm -hmm. It's good. It's it great. sounded very good, yeah, yes. Ever, so we yeah. can say, go there if you're in Greenpoint, check out the lobster, support the small businesses around around Greenpoint, but I said I want to get the lobster gout, not just the Bud Light gout, uh -huh. so I don't feel like a peasant. I feel like a king, but also like a peasant. Eat more shellfish, and hopefully it grows in the other foot. Yeah, <laughs> then I can equalize it, and then I can have no comfort whatsoever in my life. Yeah, that's what oh. you want. It keeps you on edge. It's a know. New York groove, baby. It's always being upset. It's kind of fun. It kind of you know, it makes you feel like a soldier. Except we're not in a war, but it feels no. like I'm in. <laughs> it is. I mean, honestly, it is just New York. It that is why when Henry came in, he's had a rough day, Marcus, mm -hmm. because you know he's you know what he's used to. Oh, I'm in L.A. Yes. Oh, it's sunny. No, it's so you know nice. What it is? Hello, I'm Henry in L.A. <laughs> it really is the truth. Is just there's no weather in Los Angeles. Yeah, right. Nothing changes. Los except Angeles for is fire. exactly the same every day, except for fire and yes. the ground. Shaking uncontrollably. So it's that's it. So just existential threats. Yeah, just massive, massive threats to your entire livelihood. So today on a relaxed episode, sometimes we like to come in with things we like to talk about. I know that Marcus has some inf interesting information basically around the same generation as Bell Gunna. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So excited that we got through the Bell Gunna series. Love, fucking love that big and, old woman. And what a great response. Honestly, thank you all so much for, for loving that series. Some kick-ass fan art was also made. Bell Gunna's, it, like, it reminds me of when people, because I was... Was always asked because my body is very I was 400 pounds then I shrunk down a little bit now I'm like I have a unique body so everyone, yeah we all have unique we, we have unique well Marcus yeah. has a good he's a toffee he's a toffee but you can't you can't sculpt the inside of a body you gotta sculpt the outside but on the other hand I also have the uh, overly large hands and feet which mm. makes that just makes me look weird overall yeah but you have big say, hands you have big feet you have ghoul's eyes mm -hmm. you have crispy yeah. hair but yes. in a normal technically body but it's the outside if I were to draw a line of what your body looked like it would look like if Goofy had committed suicide, and that was like the, the, the way they discovered it. That's what forensics oh, were. Uh, Goofy committing suicide would be so sad. But anyway, I was always approached by people who were in like sculpting classes, right? Like art classes. You got this they, too? Yes, because they want unique bodies. I know how many so times they, and I the thing being is, super fat and going into a life drawing class, and they're like, Oh, we're so excited. Look at all the shading we get to do today. <laughs> Talking about all the folds and how interesting yes. it was to the pen. These you guys got, I must sculpt you. I yes. must draw no, you. I swear to God, the sculptors and the drawers, they would look at people like Henry and I as if we were prime, prime tenderloin. And they were like, I need to get that. It was like we were tent. We were like Bo Derek tents. Do those people, but then in reality, you also realize when you do show up to those, and I only went once, but I did not get naked, 
but they also have really they have people with really good bodies too. They do. And you're like, <laughs> they're like, and now for the sideshow portion of our class. Yeah, definitely. Like, so I'm the B team. Where, so everybody can get used to drawing what it looks like when a man who's lost a hundred pounds, whose pube area that has now turned to sort of like a meat curtain over it, only making his Scottish penis look less impressive. Right. You want to make sure you can really draw every curly on that. Absolutely. And the clay companies, it's, it's about big clay because they want you to use more and they see people like that us and they're like that's going to be a double clay day in that art class we're making money on top of money and i understand because again we need to be supported because you know what we do we buy the, the sneakers we talk about having weird bodies sneakers. sneakers the only way to have a fashion sense in your life absolutely right? so we are driving that industry we are driving not it's never athletes it's people who sit they get the good sneakers yeah because you can't wear them in new york no you get covered with gunk you do i try to keep my shit clean Mm-hmm. Right, and then also you just can't. Ah, it's just they, they want it because we're the consumers, so they want to support us. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, why did we start talking about that? Bell Guttis. Yeah. And Bell Guttis, she was the uh, the artwork that has come out from our amazing listeners has been absolutely kick ass. Well, I've had some people bring up the fact that they wish that they had more details on the actual murders, and I wish we had them too. Yeah, I wish we had more details on the actual murders. But the thing is about uh, murder details, where that always comes from. Uh, is from the killers themselves. You right. only get, and we talk about this a lot in the book, actually, uh, is that we talk about how uh, when you get the the murder, when you get the details from the murders, you are automatically relying on the least reliable, believable person in the room. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And you're helping create this person's myth. Yeah, you're, you're helping create the idea of this person's legacy in the world of true crime. Mm-hmm. Well, but of course, you also get some information when you walk into a Milwaukee apartment, for example, and you see an <laughs> ashtray made out of a huge human skull. I think that does lead to some like investigative minds be like they must have sawed that skull in half, huh? <laughs> Probably. Have yeah. you ever do you notice that like people's apartment smells? Of course. People's apartment smell, yeah, everyone's smell. apartment has a smell. Everybody has a smell and yeah. some are worse than others. Mm-hmm. Where like our buddy that's about to have one of our friends was describing that he accidentally there was a flood in their apartment complex Ooh. and he was inv- he had to go into somebody else's apartment because he was on the board and he was like the weird the the musk of human particles from yeah. in there because that's really all you're smelling you're smelling a melange oh, yeah. of particles from every part of that stranger's body that is now physically entering your nose <laughs> and sticking to the insides of it your membranes uh-huh. that's how you fall in love <laughs> that is it I mean that was the great thing Kevin Barnett Bird Luger uh, go and listen to old round table of gentlemen episodes to hear his brilliant voice but that's what he he had that great joke about farting in that kid's face and just because he was a science guy he was big yes. and so he knew all of, so if you would fart around KB he knew he was sniffing shit see I don't really think about it I'm like whatever yeah. you know I try you to like can't. Forget, you can't think about it mm-hmm. but he, it really affected him negatively yeah it, it really, really did, did. And I'm, not, I'm not saying I love it I'm just saying I try not to think you that it's sh- actually small particles of Duke. But you not saying you love it. <laughs> I don't love it. <laughs> well, what were you saying about like you know finding the uh, you know the skulls in Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment? Like sometimes you can recreate a crime through uh, if you find the body where essentially if the killer leaves the body uh, where they killed them, then you can recreate the crime that way. Like that's mm-hmm. how we were able to recreate like the Richard Chase murders. And mm-hmm. Catherine Knight is a very specific example of they literally saw the blood trail from one 
one part of the house to the right. next and mm-hmm. saw the blood pool of where the guy was Ugh. they could piece it all together and then had his skin up on the wall That's so they right. could actually <laughs> see exactly what happened <laughs> which is just more Catherine Knight being really helpful to the police is that what that was for I think that was for us what she did mm-hmm. but I actually now have, I've kind of since doing Belgunis and finishing it and deeper into the research about her, I do actually believe she would have torn Catherine Knight apart. Yeah. Deeper. Oh. Deeper. <laughs> deeper. Deeper. No, she would have uh, taken Catherine Knight. And speaking of Catherine Knight, actually, I have to give a quick thank you <gasps> to a listener who made my dreams come true. Made his dreams come true. <laughs> a listener named Emma McBride from Mitchelton, Queensland, Australia. Okay, who- so that's the connection, right, with Emma and Catherine Knight? Because you just said, speaking of Catherine, Catherine Knight, Knight. <laughs> here's another woman from Australia. <laughs> nope, she sent me four cans of Solo. Woo! Congrats. Original lemon. Uh, she sent me some Tim Tams and some Arnott's Kingston, which is my favorite Australian biscuit. He In- was almost out of sugar. He was. <laughs> and I'm so glad you sent it to him because it's helping him. I yeah. have actually been very good about meeting out my sugar usage at home since yes. coming back from Australia and since bringing pretty much an entire suitcase's worth of Australian candy. You're home. doing better even though all the candy is in the house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just... Want you to be be? I just want you to be healthy. Oh, I'm healthy, healthy. and happy. I'm a healthy boy. Yes. Look at me. <laughs> you look you great. See, if you when I walked in here today, you guys, I'm I know the first thought on your mind was he is healthy both physically and mentally. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's Naturally. doing great. You just oh. looked at me. You're like he is doing fantastic. Oh, Another see- captain of the ship. I love seeing him <laughs> steered into the waves. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely did not get like the hushed voice. You doing okay, buddy? Nah, I'm no, no, buddy. <laughs> doing fine. That's uh, a way to know you're doing fine. Yeah. So your friend's going, you doing okay, buddy? You doing okay? <laughs> but it's uh, not like you do, It's more like, you're doing okay. You're doing okay. <laughs> That's just you yelling. Yeah. Live from your grave. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, 
you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Uh, I want to talk about, so I had got this sent to me a little bit while ago. So I got this sent to me a little while ago, and every once in a while, which I love, like, because we don't really have a lot of time, like, to cover, like, small stories in true crime history that have been around for either a couple of years, a couple of decades, especially like, new shit, mm-hmm. where it's like, we like to do bigger stories for our last podcast and so every once in a while i'll get a story that's sent and it's like and it's four side stories or now our relax fit episodes that are just fucking compelling okay and one was the story of a man named joe pelsinski uh, or palsinski um who is from the baltimore area and there's been a lot of talk about baltimore in the news recently oh yeah sure i baltimore's beautiful city it is. It's Charm City, baby. Yeah. It's a beautiful city filled with warm people, a lot of spirit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there ba- is. Baltimore is where we uh, started off our live shows. Very first t- place we did a live show outside of New York City was in Baltimore. Baltimore Absolutely. holds a very special place. We love the people of Baltimore. Wish everybody the best. Stay safe. It is a complicated 
city. It yes. is very complicated. And there seems to be a lot of conflict within the city. Literally, The Wire was just based off of Baltimore. Yes. <laughs> that is it. Like, um, that's how complicated it is. And the story of Joe Palsinski is the story of a uh, spree killer in the suburbs of Baltimore who in March 2000 killed four people and held a family of three as hostages in Jeez. nearly a four-day standoff. Oh, my God. One of the longest known conducted by one man. Essentially, uh, J- Joe Palsinski... Uh, had a falling out with his nearly 20 year younger than him girlfriend, Tracy Whitehead. She was 22 and he was 47, 25 years. Why would she leave him? I don't know. I mean, he's peak 47 year old man meat. So this is the way the story kind of turns into something more irregular is that so Joe was mad that Joe was mad that Tracy left him. Tracy left the house where they mutually lived together to go to her sort of basically her not her godparents, but sort of like guardians that were just not her parents, like older people that she was super close with. I'm just going to say she's 22. She could go to college, <laughs> you know. She could, but you know what? Some people are not academically or set for college or financially set That's for true, and not everyone has to go to college. Go to a vocational school. Do oh, whatever yeah. you want to do. So she arrived at the home of George and Gloria Schenk uh, on March 7th, 2000. And Palsinski decided that he would have – basically what you didn't know up to this point is that they just thought Palsinski was her sort of troubled boyfriend, mm. right? He had spent some time in an insane asylum. He, oh had very, he was medicated for uh, bipolar disorder. Uh, and he had actually already had done one uh, instance of uh, armed hostage taking uh, early geez. on in his life. Well, those are massive red flags. No, also, no, no, no. He's changing. He's growing. Is it still a boyfriend <laughs> when they're 47? Isn't That's a man friend. That's what I would call it. I think it's a father substitute. <laughs> and so <laughs> he went... And so, basically, you know, so Palsinski was a bad dude, uh, but not bad dude, fucked up. This fucked up guy made a lot of questionable decisions. Tracy decided that she wanted to leave him, which is now what we now know about an abusive relationships. The most dangerous time for an abusive relationship is trying to get out. Absolutely. More, like, something, I think that the, the odds are something like 60%. Oh. Like, that's when, if murders are going to happen, they happen in that time period of you leaving the house. This is why you got to have a friend that you can trust who has what? A crossbow. <laughs> Make sure they have a crossbow and just be Silent to killer, go. too, because you don't have to, like, because the latches... <laughs> the pulling little string is very quiet, if you, but essentially you can do it fast. Absolutely. So he showed up saying, Tanya, uh, saying, hey, Tracy, we're getting out of here. Those are his exact words. And he killed the entire family. Jeez. He killed the two fathers, but he left their 12-year-old son. He then takes her to a second location where uh, – takes her to a hotel where she's the according to witnesses they say that she is acting like they are she's supposed to be with him she's acting like kind of fun and like they're having a good time like they're on a little vacation oh my. but as soon as she's able to disappear she disappears right so she she escapes so she's like i'm going to go get some ice Basically, and then just like, and fucking out. books it Balsinski goes completely insane he is now on the run he uh murders somebody in a carjacking Jeez. basically yada 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 it ends up with Palsinski in the uh, Tracy's parents' home with her mom, her mom's boyfriend, and their 12-year-old son, so Tracy's brother. Oh and he holds them up for four days God. inside of this home. Now, the th- reason why this is really interesting is that on the internet, they have three hours of the standoff of just the newscast from local news so in they're Baltimore. Just, they're outside of the house, just reporting live from it, the scene. It is fascinating yeah. oh because it's God. a time machine 
into 2000, right? It goes back. And this is why, the only reason why I'm talking about this is that y'all should go and watch this on YouTube. Like, fucking Spark and Jay, get a couple of, <laughs> like, it's weird. weird. Having it play in the background of my own apartment, like, listening to it happening like it's happening live, like, kind of walking oh my God, in and well, out. These, I mean, live television, like, live news broadcasts, they have been fascinating us forever. I mean, look at, I mean, OJ, of course, when the white Bronco chase, pizza sales, it was the best thing that ever happened to Domino's and Pizza Hut. They skyrocketed. And, of course, in LA, in your neck of the woods, car chases, I love Michelle Beadle. She's a uh, she's an ESPN commentator. Mm-hmm. Every time she's a, there's a car chase, she does an Insta story about it it oh, is yeah. endlessly exciting also, because what's gonna happen thanks to the citizen app this is a notification oh i got God. this morning from my own neighborhood man in rainbow shorts wielding switchblade exposing self well good to, good to know <laughs> not gonna you. go outside thank, oh, you. thank you oh is that the ralph's all good oh that's fun uh, but the reason why they, but so what we're going to find out is you watch the you watch it unfold. It's absolutely incredible. If you have the time and if you like that sort of like the feeling like you're in the moment, like old school true crime kind of storyline, you're a part of the storyline. It's so fun to watch. Do they cut to Nancy Grace at any point this during this? Po- this is pre HLN Nancy oh, yeah. Grace. Oh my! When we did the nine eleven episodes way back when, like I watched something like. I think it was somewhere on like eight to ten hours of just local news footage from nine eleven, like local New York news, uh, local New York news stations. That stuff is fascinating to yes, watch because you get the old commercials, which is <laughs> honestly fun. I love it. That's they did the not one... take commercial breaks during nine eleven. Oh, and how are we going to sell? How are we going to get batteries? But strangely oh, what's one eight hundred collect going to do? I am sure that pizza sales skyrocketed though. I'm sure during nine yeah, eleven. Probably. Yeah. Not in New York. <laughs> no, not in New York. Good Lord. No, in New York, they interviewed Donald Trump, and now he, when he was bragging about having the tallest building in New York, mm-hmm. even though that was also a lie. He yeah. still didn't have the tallest building in New York. Mm-hmm. He'll get his. But this story is very, very interesting to see. And I, do you want me to even tell you the end? Because the ending is fascinating. Know. Yeah, I want to know, because I was looking a little bit at uh, this guy's bio. His nickname was Joby. Joby. Uh, and uh, his <laughs> occupation was both electrician and bodybuilder. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. He was an amateur bodybuilder. And he was making money at one of those things. Yes. And then he was also a bodybuilder. And the other one, he was spending money because you really? have to get all the pills. You got to go. You have to all the memberships. You know, uh-huh. It takes a lot. It's all the food, all the protein. So well, this guy the- is also just jacked up on creatine the whole time. Yes. Yeah. Do they know anything? Like, do they know anything about that? Was he taking? I mean, I'm, of course, I'm not saying that all bodybuilders take steroids, but I will say that bodybuilders are more likely to take steroids. He was than completely other clean. He that was. Kind of problem, but they said is that he went off meds, okay. and as soon as uh, he went off meds, he was completely unstable, very, very dangerous, dangerous person, which is un- unfortunate because he was kind of a he was a victim, but also he was an asshole. Mm-hmm. So it's all of you that. Got us, as Marcus always says, what is that, Marcus? You always say it's your responsibility. Oh yeah, mental health is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And so the ending was was that so they did this for four days. Straight. He stayed up for four days with them at gunpoint, two old people and a little kid. So and that, they it, cut down the whole. If you watch Baltimore get more and more upset because they evacuated the entire neighborhood, right? They evacuated the entire neighborhood to put people into the elementary school where they're all just living and they're like it's a fucking hurricane. Oh, oh my they god! They shot two dogs oh. of people's dogs in their homes. 
just shot the dogs because they started freaking out at the cops coming in the house. Dude, well, I learned a little bit about why dogs often get shots. I was I was talking to my buddy who's a firefighter because they're squealers. Well, what he said was <laughs> if you hear. Uh, uh, if you if you're uh, knocking on a door and you hear a dog that might be a pit bull, for example, sounding like a goose, like honking, like ah, I don't know how a goose honks. When do like dogs that, sound like that? When they cut their uh, cords. When they when they cut their um, what do you call them? Speaking cords. Vocal cords. Because they do that, so then you can't hear them coming. And they say if you hear that. You can't open the door. You got to call the police right away, and most likely they just pop a, uh, a bullet in the dog's what? head because that dog Why are is you just doing this? because that dog is just trained to straight up like fuck you up. Yeah, they assume the dog is trained to kill because if they but yeah, they, they tend to be in that situation because there's no other reason to cut the vocal cords out of a dog. Yeah, but maybe you just like the idea of making it like a little Marley Matlin, <laughs> like, like a cute little being like Marley I'll Man. teach it to go- overcome its obstacles. No, it's sad. The pit bulls are very smart. Yeah, and because of that, they can be used for. Bad. That is brutal. Yeah. Um, that's horrible. Now I'm sad. Now I'm actually <laughs> visually sad. I didn't know that any, in any of that. Yeah. Uh, but the way it ends was that they finally, um, they had built a rapport with him. Because now at this point, everybody, like, you should watch again, like, watch the footage. So you could see they go to various family members of both Tracy and Joby and ask him, like, it's people pleading me and like, you gotta let him out, Joe. You gotta let him out. This is bad. Like, the, I do like the concept. You, did she sound, they're not Canadian. I don't, I don't know. They're they called Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore. <laughs> Balmer. 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 Yeah. Did they call like Martin O'Malley to come and play some acoustic guitar for him? It and all was that stuff? like that. It was like all of these people called up and it was just like, it's like, my, my name is, is Reginald Fremington. I am in charge of the milk dispository, and I do all the distributional milk. And I'll tell you what, if I can help, uh, I'll help. I'll send milk. Like, all, everybody was calling me. You'd be like, we've got pizzas outside if they're hungry, yeah. but he wouldn't let the pizzas come in. And just so one they, dude is setting up gym equipment. Just be like, come on out. Come on out. Do some lips. Do, do some squats. He's just like getting people signed up for memberships for his local, like, metalhead gym. And so, well, basically, they were getting tired. And finally, one of the old, he allowed one of them to go get him a glass of water. They said, do you want me to go get you a glass of water? He said, yes. They went. They put Xanax in the water. Wow. He drank it. He fell asleep. Right. He fell asleep with the gun still in his hands. And then the old people just left and left the 12 year old behind. What? <laughs> they just what, did, what did the 12 year old do? Their reasoning was. Tell me this 12 year old wasn't like problem child where he had a connection with the guy. And yes, he's just like he's, wearing a bow tie. Can I hold shit? the gun? <laughs> Look, Grandpa, I can fucking kill you now. <laughs> but they, uh, they it was very they tried to say afterwards it was actually very uh, controversial. Because they had left the kid behind. Yeah, and they take were like, the kid, the guy's sleeping. They said, we saved ourselves so that we could save the kid. How? <laughs> you left the kid. But why didn't they take the kid with them? Well, we learned from Bonnie and Clyde. What? You go. If you, those who can go, go. So that they could come back and save but this, whoever's left. This old couple wasn't about to explore the world in a <laughs> crime spree that would be notorious throughout time. They just, they gotta, just left. You they can just... always make another kid. You can't. <laughs> it takes years to make another adult. Well, what happened to the twelve-year-old? Fine. I imagine. I don't know if they're dead now, but they seem to be alive. Okay, so I don't know so anything tw- current. But this twelve-year-old is in therapy because 
first of all, the standoff, and then second of all, the abandonment issues that must come when you know your caretakers would not protect you in the case of a home invasion. I think it teaches you a, it teaches you a proper amount of distrust of authority. Oh, well, that's a very interesting story. No, not everyone ended up fine. Uh, Joby ended up being shot by police officers 27 times. Yeah, well, they you know, the 26 <laughs> didn't kill him. So you got to get the 27th in there. That's what. Uh, so basically, they then stormed. He woke up like, oh, oh that was some strong water. And they all were like, so all 20 cops were like, here's reaching from the gun. Get him! <laughs> so they all just beep, 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 beep. they're killing him like they tried to like they shot Nordberg in Naked Gun. Yes. They just like went in on him. Well, pretty much Jeez. how it ended. The reason the parents, the grandparents say the reason why they didn't take the child was because the child was sleeping, mm-hmm. and they were afraid that if they woke up the child, the child would be upset and wake up Joby, and nobody would get away. So they left. Yep. Wait, uh, what? What kind of is this? Like, is he like? Sleeping. What is it like? Uh, he went to go like take me like. Oh, should we get him away from the armed hostage or no? Oh, he's sleeping like an angel. But how does he wake, does he wake up like, Whoa! like, how does he wake up? Wouldn't the kid just be, also, how did, I'm, this kid, nerves of steel, just be like, I'm going to go catch a nap. What day are we at here with this home invasion? Day three, I'm going to go catch a snooze real quick. Things become, the human being is a, a amazingly adaptable I know. primate. We I can know. figure out how to we make things We can sleep normal. anywhere. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. I can't. I can't sleep in a fucking hotel room that's perfectly comfortable. Well, you have a problem. I have deep, deep, incredible, horrible insomnia. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, after uh, the parents got out, that's when the co- they got out and they were like, He's sleeping. Just go in and shoot him. Just go in and shoot him. Just go in and kill him. And so they get one in. What's that, ma'am? You said he's sleeping. You want to go in there and shoot him. Is that right, ma'am? I think someone's finally coming to get me. And then they went outside, told the cops, yeah, he's inside. Apparently, he was sleeping on a pile of weapons, but did not have a weapon in hand when the cops went in for the final siege. So he just pulled together all his semi-automatics and was like, oh, this is a nice pillow. Wow. They said he sat up and reached for a weapon, and then when he reached for a weapon, they said that's when he got fucking ventilated. Oh, See, my god. A goodness. lot of people have different Tempur-Pedic, like, numbers. Sure. For Mine is always at Charlton Heston's number, which sure. is like, I can only sleep on a pile of automatic weapons. Absolutely. Yeah. But it is, it's an interesting story. Yeah, and the guy that put slipped him the Xanax... Uh, attempted to later claim the $10,000 reward for his apprehension. Honestly, he deserves it. No, but they didn't give it to him. Why not? Because the cops felt they got him. No, but they gave the reward to themselves. They got him on uh, a technicality because they said the reason why they didn't give him the ten thousand dollars is because he called nine one one instead of calling Metro Crime Stoppers. See, get out of here! (laughs) That is some petty dog shit, dude. There was also ten k. I'm just gonna say that's not even enough. No, because that's a hundred k crime. It's six. Oh my god! Yeah, easy. It is. It is uh, the story also just reveals a lot of also inherent corruption in Baltimore Mm -hmm. as well. It's just fun to see when you watch the actual coverage and all of the personalities 
of this neighborhood, right. Baltimore speaking. The heart of Baltimore yeah. oh, coming gosh. out in one big swath. And it's very, very fun. Where it's but, been like people's going like, I tell you why I wouldn't understand is why he's not using some kind. Of, he needs a bigger gauge gun. <laughs> if you're going to use it to kill a whole family, you can line them all up. And like go like from head to head to head, if you get a big enough bullet, uh, you can sir, just kill them all with one bullet. What? So <laughs> you could actually be watching this. This is live television. Yeah, what well, you want to do, you're going to line them up ear to ear, ear to ear, ear, right? And then you put the gun up against the, the first one's ear, and then you can kill all of them in one go, Joby. Well, uh, it turns out we shouldn't have gone to the federal prison to interview people on what they think about what's going this on. This is my home. Okay. <laughs> Very but, interesting. So go watch it. It's, uh, I don't know, I yeah. don't know why it's so interesting to me. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it sounds, I mean, it's like, kids, you can imagine being there. When I was growing up, we had one incident where they were partying at this house. It was a little cul-de-sac, maybe about a half a block away from my house. And somebody had took out their gun, accidentally shot one of their friends. Standoff occurs. Six hours later, this guy attempts to commit suicide. Doesn't do it quite right. Blows off his face. He's now blind and can't speak. He's oh. in prison for life. But he regrets but that. He regrets a lot of things. And poor guy, because we were actually friends with his younger sister. And it's like, just Jesus. really sad. But they evacuated everybody. So we had to go to my grandma's house. And we watched it live on Stevens Point Local News. <laughs> and it was, like, really one of the more captivating television moments I can remember. The reporters were so excited. Yeah. Because the whole time they're like, we will show, we're obviously giving you up to the right. minute. Uh, every second we have new information, we'll let you know. But also, the cops are using us to communicate with the suspect. Right. <laughs> so see that we are an important part of this process. Well, that's that's a good question. When do you think it becomes predatory, um, exploitative, when it comes to covering crimes, right? Because local news and, and national news, they don't seem to have much tact or like any kind of understanding that like real lives have just been lost. Nothing has the petty shallowness of now. Back in the day, it just doesn't. So now it's like, even if it was exploitive then, now it's actually fairly tasteful. I mean, I think even remember the way they covered Columbine. Just yeah. the way they were like zoom in on the kids, jumping out of the windows, interviewing every. I mean, that's why we got all this misinformation about Eric and Dylan. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it is kind of a bizarre gray area, but it's just sad. I mean, I guess they're just chasing the viewers. So, well, it's not like it's always. It, it is definitely not a new thing as far as the uh, press being uh, callous about this shit and doing anything for the story. Right. Like I remember, uh, well, I, mean, I hell, think going back to Bonnie and Clyde, the way they covered that too. Yeah, the way they covered that, and uh, I remember something from the Son of Sam episodes that we talked about as. Uh, uh, there was a guy that was working for uh, Rupert Murdoch, working for the Post, uh -huh. and Rupert Murdoch told him, get the story no matter what. Told right. the reporter, like, get the story, get the angle that nobody else has. So what this reporter did, this was 1977 New York, he posed as a grief counselor oh and my called God. up the victim, called up the family of one of the victims and pumped him for information. That's oh, that's how dirty. how you get the story. Oh, that's dirty, though. <laughs> yeah, my it's a, God. It's one of the dirtiest, slimiest things I've ever heard a journalist do. Uh, right. and but they've the, always been awful. Wasn't, I think, the, what Murdoch owns the sun, too, right? They had that big controversy where they were posing as all these different You remember when they people. hacked in the phones? Yeah. They hacked all yeah, the, the phones. Yeah, the phone hacking. And, you know, and going back to Ooh. Bell Gunners for a second, you know, the that was one thing that we didn't really cover a ton in the episode, uh, but Harold Schechter covers it at length in the book, is how the press approached
approach the Belgunna story and how they would print whatever lie they wanted to print. They printed, I mean, this was during the time of yellow journalism, so it's like, just say it and we'll figure it out later. Right. And what they would do is, you know, you want to talk about like callus, they would attach Belgunna's to any story uh, that even tangentially had something to do with it. Right. So people would see the name Belgunna's and buy the paper. I remember there was one story, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was a story about a dog that had dug up like a bunch of like a dog that had gotten in trouble for digging up a neighbor's garden and you know and there was a conflict between the two neighbors and so they called it the doggy gunness like like they attached bell gunness to this like just dog going have fun but that's that's what they i mean but journalism used to be so much worse was it are you sure do you really think it was worse they used to lie absolutely i mean now i'm when I say journalism, though, I'm talking the whole scope of yes. the fake information we have now. Absolutely. We are we actually... We have InfoWars right now. Dude, It's it used to be worse. Then InfoWars... It, it used to be so... Like, it used to be straight up lies at every point. Well, like, now... Yeah, that what we're going through now, it's like it's, it's nothing new at all, mm. and it's actually better than it used to be. Because it used to be like you get a newspaper that has right. what you think is the facts that you have. You think like this, it is imprint. It's that, uh, was it Mr. Show joke? The, yeah. Like, I've seen something in print. It has to be true. Yes. Right, yeah. of course. It's that kind of mentality. Uh, and these, but these newspaper men like just, and they took advantage of that. And so they would print these outrageous stories just to sell newspapers. Gotta sell copy. And now we have the internet. So yeah. if you do understand, we talk, you're responsible for your own education you in are. this country right now. So you have to try to look at various stories and then see where the agendas lie and what what but kind of could, what are they trying to sell to you? What is the angle that they're covering? Can yes, you, you then go to. and do your own independent research to make sure you cover the but other then side as also, well? Also, the problem with that is we have to rely on the minds of human beings, and oftentimes they're not necessarily strong when it comes to critical thinking so you'll have someone that i guarantee you has had this conversation with a friend and they said well you know it's really interesting steve if the earth is hollow how could it be flat? You know, like, I mean, how is that? So we're looking at the evidence here. That right? is critical thinking. And that's critical thinking. So, because I, I agree it's flat, but I also think it's like, so it's like a thin crust? Like, yeah. So this is like a, a pita? <laughs> that's what we're on? <laughs> yeah, the earth is a big pita bread. That's how Shamba- Shambhala and flat earthers come together. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cool. So we're just like, because it's still a big pita. Whoa. It's a big pita. <laughs> it's hot pocket earth. Does that mean that we're like the cheese? <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, sir. Oh, what? from Emmy Award winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in LA, a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. 
Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Live from your grave. Oh, another cool thing about Bell Gunness, we actually got an email from a listener uh, named Aaron who works as a research genealogist out at Ellis Island, and she actually found that Bell Gunness did come to America through New York City. Oh, cool. Yeah. She's just like Eddie Murphy. <laughs> just like Eddie Murphy. Or <laughs> Van Huren Queens. Uh, they found that she came in under the name Brynhilde Paul's daughter sure. in 1879. Oh. Wow, but then didn't this turn out that this is like a whole year before that they believe that she well, originally landed in America? Well, it is a year before, a year or two before she said on her official census records later ah. uh, that she came into America. So she had lied to everyone about when she came into America. She, or it could be one of two things. It could be either that she lied uh, about when she came into America, and if that's the case, then that means that Bell Gunness was fucking around America or New York City, and nobody has any idea what she was doing. Just her and uh, Albert, or is it Albert Fish? Albert Fish. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, just her Hanging and Albert out. Fish just talking about what they ate for dinner. I think <laughs> they were separated by about 50 years. Uh, her and Albert Fish, right? they were separated by about, yeah, about 50 years. Hell yeah. Somewhere around there, yeah. Thank yeah, Because yeah, Albert Fish was the 20s, correct? I Ugh. believe so. Yeah. But Belle yeah. Gunness just out there, maybe she meant like a suitor, like a, like like a businessman, but he, he originally hires her to just appear on his arm as arm candy so that he wouldn't be alone at this dinner party that he didn't even want to go to because maybe he's getting jaded with the way they... business is going. But then he saw that sparkle in her eye and her tiny feet and how <laughs> How jowly she was, and he <laughs> fell in love. Yeah, I don't know if it could be called arm candy if Bell Gunness is your girl. Maybe it's more like arm pork chop. Yeah, <laughs> ooh, I want an arm pork chop. Honestly, I would yeah. love an arm pork chop. That's some arm licorice, right? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Licorice, 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 licorice. Or it could, but it could be that you know she was lying about when she came in, so she didn't because she didn't want anyone to know what she was doing that year. It could also be that she just didn't really know what year it was. That's what I was thinking too. Like, yeah. is that possible? Yeah. yeah, she was having a gap year. Yeah. But a real gap year when you actually don't know what the year is. Yeah, not like, it's my 39th birthday for the 10th year in a row. That's the O.J. Simpson joke that he did on Twitter. I know. You stole... You are the Carlos Mencia of this podcast. You <laughs> no, stole a joke not, from no, O.J. Simpson. Do you think that O.J. created that joke? You think that O.J. Simpson started that? I'm not going to tell him to his face. Tell, I'm give, not me, give, me the, tell- give me the joke again. Give me the joke again. It's my... O.J. Simpson celebrated a birthday, uh-huh. and he made a video on Twitter. He said he was celebrating his 30th, 39th birthday. Uh-huh. Yes, and then he laughed to himself, and then... His caddy laughed. It's weird. <laughs> Can you imagine being Because his caddy was scared. Yeah, everyone is scared, but he is just out there on Twitter. And we've talked about this before. If, you're, if your significant other follows O.J. on Twitter, I don't know. I'm just going to say, whoop. <laughs> 
Red flag is up. It is. That just sounded like you fucking got an erection. <laughs> no, that's a red flag. <laughs> now I remember my mom used to have a nice little uh, fridge magnet that said 39 and holding. I didn't pack and heat, though, just like two six shooters. <laughs> Sounds like a bunch of weed. Ooh, yeah. I knew a lot of 39 and holdings. That's, kind of, that's how I first started like even seeing what weed was. It was my Aunt Juliet. Really? Your, Aunt, she, your she, Aunt Juliet smoked a lot of weed? Oh, yeah. She gave weed to the family. That's great. Good for her. But my father wouldn't know because my father thought weed made you gay. <laughs> Typical New York City police officer. Yeah. You didn't Hold understand. Your... Did... It did the opposite for me. It just made me hornier for women. Did he ever explain his logic on that? He's Same a thing. New he York also, City police officer. He also felt it made you not manly to brush your teeth. <laughs> he was one of those guys. It doesn't make any sense. It's just, it's something that happens in a submarine. Something <laughs> happens inside of the tube of a submarine that changes the way those brave small men think. Those men, and this is not bad. They were actively cornholing each other, and they were just Oh, no, no sex. You don't think they had sex with each other? No, my father, the way my dad said, mm, I don't know about his Navy experiments. It sounds like they just got really, really drunk, but I don't think he like, never oh, talked yeah. about... Interesting. Hmm. I mean, because Donna well, we was sober. Really drunk. You and I have gotten drunk. Yes. How many fucking times sex with each other? And you have never tried to suck my dick, you... except that one time, <laughs> and it was different, because you were like, I want to see if you blow up like a tire, if I could just if I could blow up. <laughs> Honestly, don't even joke about it. No, but submarines, of course, they were full of wild activities going on. Without no, a doubt. Nothing makes me less attracted to you than the way you are when you're drunk. <laughs> I... <laughs> You are your mother. You're your mother. Unbelievable. I couldn't fit on a submarine, so my people, the Kissel family, are innocent of all submarine accusations. Yeah, we're a little bit too large for submarines as well. The yeah, honestly, I think you're, the Zabrowskis are the only ones that could fit on a sub. We're mariners. Yeah, you guys are mariners. I am a naval. I'm a Navy man. I would have been. You would be. But I uh, am not good at anything, nor am I brave. Right, that's the problem. Yeah, I became a performer. Absolutely. Well, also, speaking of Bell Gunness, there was something actually that I picked up at Comic-Con over Ooh. in San Diego. Thank you, everybody who came out to our San Diego shows, came out to our Comic-Con shows. Oh came, my out, God. came out to see uh, <laughs> Ben just absolutely destroy Henry in the fishing USA. Con- fish taco eating USA. contest. I have esophageal scarring. <laughs> I, apparently you do. But maybe you were you always going to win. No, but maybe you shouldn't have challenged me. Uh, I never to a eating competition. Legitimately, you I was just scarring. Well, the problem was is that I couldn't just set it up. So it was was it just us watching you eat? But that's really what <laughs> I, I wanted to do. I didn't want to do it in the first place. I wanted to get. I know. So I had to trick you in a way. What I was hoping is that you would get. I wanted to just see how many you could put. You in. wanted me to be the fat guy from Stand by Me. <laughs> I wanted it to see. Just, I'm trying to lose weight. Think about this. Think about me as your manager. No, I am. Yeah. Think about me. Is this going to make it better or worse? No, it's me. It's it's not pimping you out. But know that there's other avenues for money. You're leaving money on the table. If we could get that gullet wider, yours with training, we could put you on the road. And I bet you, not only could you beat Kobayashi, no you way. could also physically beat Kobayashi. <laughs> no way on both counts. He's jacked. That's the funny thing about the fish taco eating contest, which, you know, for those of you who don't watch the stream, we had a fish taco eating contest on stage at Comic-Con. Because I was challenged by Henry and Marcus. Uh-huh. Yes. And uh, really all it was, was uh, it was Henry looking very pained trying to eat a fish taco. 
taco that was loaded up with sour cream and yeah. no, it wasn't sour cream. It was a bunch of tartar sauce, it was a bunch of tartar <laughs> salsa and such. While Ben had a leisurely meal uh, and still it. managed to eat seven. That's what I'm saying. I, had, I think I had six, but yeah. I was... wanted to see him push it. I wanted to I see how many he it. could really eat. You obviously weren't really. You looked like because you were having you were... a nice meal. Yes, because Henry was vomiting after having one fish taco. The problem is I just ate it too fast. It's a competitive eating competition. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to watch you eat. What kind of weird fetish is this? It's not. You know what? I've never been one of those like feeder gainer people, but I do like the idea of seeing what my friends are capable of and seeing them in their best form. So you just said a sentence and then said a sentence that counteracts that entire first sentence. I just, I it wasn't horny watching you eat. <laughs> I wanted to see you push it. I wanted to have you amaze me. I was I amazed the whole crowd. That was a very fun show at Comic Con. It was really fun. Yes, <laughs> totally yes. out of control. One would say shit show. <laughs> I also met Katie Sackhoff. Who's that? You know what? I was disappointed I did not meet Katie Sackhoff. She played uh, Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica. She's the best part of Battlestar Galactica, except for Edward James Olmos. Mm -hmm. She was absolutely lovely, and she's ethereal in person. I would imagine. I'm also a big fan of the guy that played Gaius Baltar, but yeah. I do love Gaius. (laughs) Okay, guys. I love me some Baltar. We're getting into Wizard and the Bruiser territory right here. No, 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 no. I don't sound like I'm wheezing, and I don't have fucking precancerous nuts. Modules on my neck. <laughs> but anyway, at Comic Con itself, uh, I found the table of an artist that I've loved for years and years uh, through his work in the Big Book series. Uh, he's uh, this guy did a bunch of stuff in like you know the Big Book of Death, Big Book of Urban Legends, Big Book of Freaks, Big Book awesome. of Weirdos, like the the fa- I think they're called the Factoid books. He cool. did a great job, and I saw him. I got a book on the ba- Black Dahlia uh, murders from him last year, mm-hmm. and I saw him. Old man, very sweet. His okay. name is Rick Geary. And he did a uh, an illustrated work, the saga of the Bloody Benders. Now Ooh. I love this story. We covered this very, very tenema. Yeah, we did a bit of a sprinkling of it, and I think it was the Frontier Serial Killers episode. Uh, oh it was, God, um, it was a long yeah, time ago. it was back kind of in the days when we did, uh, you know, we do like four or five like different cases right. in one episode, and just kind of sprinkle each one just I a little. I kind of miss doing that, but I feel like we will. There, we're gonna maybe do something like that very soon it seems to be with the coming series yeah that's going to be a it's going to be interesting it's like a series of episodes within an umbrella series yes okay a, a sprinkling you see you fucking <laughs> no, see I understand. yes very but good the bloody benders but it was really cool to read this you know right on the heels of the bell gunner series because the the bloody benders what the bloody bender story is that happened around the same time as bell gunner and it was kind of the same uh concept of Bell Gunnis. Hmm. They kind of had the same idea. Uh, the Bloody Benders were four people that were not quite sure. We're, we actually aren't sure if they were a family or not, okay. uh, but it was uh, a husband and wife and then uh, a young guy and a young girl that some think are brother and sister, but others say they were common law married. Uh, but these four people... Could be both. You, you never your, know. Yeah, if you live with a sibling long enough, eventually you are legally married. Yeah, could be. <laughs> but these four people came from, and we're not even sure where they came from. We think Germany. Mm. Uh, but they came from Germany uh, to Kansas, to uh, Osage County, or Osage, or I'm sure I'm saying it right. And I think it's Osage County. Osage? Is it Osage? Yeah, okay. Sure, let's say it. Let's yeah, they it went Osage out, County. They went out there, they built uh, a cabin, that just like a square, bo- just a box, That's pretty much. German 
ingenuity, and that's very exciting for the Germans. You're talking about a New York bungalow to have a unique bungalow experience in New York yeah. City? There's nothing. I'm, I'm looking for apartments in New York right now, and that is exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. They really have different words for small ass apartment. It's like a coffin, but you have a bathroom in it. Yeah. <laughs> What these people did is they set up pretty much like uh, an inn slash store slash psychic hotline on wow. the side of the road out in the middle of Kansas back right after bloody Kansas, right after Kansas became a state, but before Kansas was really settled. Uh, and so what these people did is they set up this place where people would come out and see uh, the young woman who was a part of the Bender clan. Her name was Kate. Hmm. Uh, and Kate, some people say that Kate was like just somewhat average looking, uh, but others say that Kate had a tigerish grace. Ooh. And that Kate was actually like Part of the reason why Kate was such an anomaly is like, one, she could tell the future, or at least she could pretend like she could tell the future. That's sweet. And two, she was super hot. Cool. In a time and place where there were no super hot women. Also, her breasts could stretch. No kidding. Very strange. Kind of like Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four. Uh-huh. Kind of interesting, scary as well. But, if, yeah. but also, you know, if you're very specific, arousing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, personality really transcends physical beauty. Absolutely. And so if someone has that, like, witchy, like, vibe, you can, I mean, whatever. You know, I think that that's just, like, smoking hot. Attitude's the most, it's the sexiest part. That's yeah. all you really have to do, especially that time period where we always kind of joke about, I think, on the show about the concept of, like, there are modern people that are just born into different eras mm-hmm. where it's just like oh, yeah. somebody who just gets it then it's much easier to have a hold over people, especially with like entrancing them sensually. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is that Kate stood out even more among the other benders because the old guy that was supposedly the father, his name was Paul, uh, <laughs> and he was noted for his hulking ape-like presence. That's mm. a strong man, though. That's a good old Kansas 10. Mm. Then there was Ma. Interesting okay. names. <laughs> uh, they said she just grunted all the time. Barrett didn't really speak English, just... <laughs> It's awesome. This is like the Firefly family. Yeah, it really is, especially John Jr., who was the son. They said that some thought he was feeble-minded because every time he spoke, he giggled a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Come on over here. Yeah. I think that's just a- Someone ate all of my licorice. <laughs> Look at him. But the thing is about the Benders, and they had a scheme going. It's like they weren't out there just to, you know, sell a little bit of corn, you know, and put their little inn out there on the prairie, uh, or to just tell futures. They were there to murder. <gasps> murder. Now, do you, it was a combined effort to murder. All four of them together worked on. They had a scheme. What they did with their this is the Firefly family. What they did with their uh, box house, or at least what we think they did, is they had this canvas curtain that bisected this room, uh, and then they bring in travelers that would kind of stop, and be like, "Oh, I need some place to stay for the night, so I'll stay with these weird people." Oh, that girl's really hot, so I'm gonna really, I'm definitely gonna stay here. Like this is gonna oh, be great. God, no, and no, then, never stay with Ma or Pa. Anybody no, who doesn't have a first name. <laughs> and then they sit right in front of this uh, big piece of canvas. Uh, And some noticed, but not all noticed, that there was a big greasy stain 
on this piece of canvas right where the guest was supposed to sit. Uh-oh. And while Kate sat and talked to the guy and kept his attention and all that, either Pa or the son would be standing behind the canvas and they'd just get a big fucking hammer and just whack them as hard as they could on the head. Then they'd open up this little trap door underneath the table, push the guy inside, and they think Kate jumped in and slit the guy's throat. That's like nothing but trouble! Now, <laughs> this was not for any monetary reasons. We don't know whether or not they were just stealing from people. It seems to be that's a part of how they would keep the operation going. Well, a part, some that's the thing. Is that some of the people they did get money from, others they got nothing. So they think that some people... People, while some of them they did kill like for a profit, others they think they killed just because. Just because they fucking liked it. So, what have we learned today? It's kind (laughs) of like a sketch group. Where as a sketch group. There were 12, yeah, and there were 12 victims. It's really, and that's the number of members of Murder Fist. As there was for sketch groups, it's the same thing. It's like a bunch of individuals that all of a sudden realized that like when we started back in the day when you didn't have to go to fucking comedy school to be a comedian you still don't you i mean it's heavily suggested because they control everything because they've well, become the they've become the institution that you have to run through trying to make your time trying to take your money trying to take you pay for friends as we're doing it's like a fraternity they really but are. uh the the you show up and it's like you all have you didn't realize that you all have the same passions and now you've moved to America with the same passions. All of you meet up all these people, and it's like Kismet didn't know that that fate was going to bring us all together right. in a perfect world of murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm just so happy that these Germans came to America and lived up to the German stereotypes of being cold, malicious killers. <laughs> Isn't that nice of them? Thank you. killed so many people in America up to that point. And so, we're, you know, we're technically uh, living on a history of rivers of blood. Oh, yeah. Oh, so every... every se- Every place on the entire planet where humans have lived is just soaked in blood. Oh, That's why I say not a let's, clean spot on Earth. Let's give robots a chance. No. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, yeah, and how the Benders eventually got caught. Uh, well, not necessarily got caught, or at the very least discovered. It was a lot like Belgunas, uh, where they murdered this uh, one dude and just kind of let his horse cart go <gasps> and let the horse go and Uh-oh. let the cart go. And they found the, uh, I guess the people of the nearest town found. The cart and the horse. And that horse, his name was Mr. Ed. And he <laughs> could speak. And he ratted on this family, the Benders. Uh, and so they started questioning the Benders. Uh, and then finally, and the Benders like, yeah, he came by here. We don't know what the hell happened to him. And they also noticed, like, oh, there's been about, like, I don't know, 10, 12 guys coming through this area that nobody's heard from again. Uh, so they huh. had this big meeting at the schoolhouse, which two of the Bender men uh, attended and said, like, all right, we're going to go from farm to farm to farm, and we're going to search, and we're going to see what we can find. Very ironic. And then by the time they got to the Bender farm, the Benders had been gone for five days. So what happened? They just left, and no one has any idea what happened to them. Yep. They they changed their name to Drumpf, and then that <laughs> name got changed to our president. Wow. That yeah. is yeah. crazy. So they just got away with it. They just got away with it. No one has any... And it was also like Belgunas for years afterwards. Uh, there would be sightings of... Ma Bender and Kate Bender, where you would see like a, an attractive woman and an older lady traveling together. People say, right. like, "That's the Benders. That's the Benders. Get him! Get him! Get him!" Oh, and I remember. I've over seen and it over and over again. I, last time I saw the Benders, I think was a scene on Brazzers. 
<laughs> yeah, is um, that right? Just a Do you mother call, and you call a brazers. Brazers. Is this brazers or is it brazers? There's nothing classy about you looking at Porto. It's a brazers. Brazers. Like Prince Harry. Oh, bra. No, I wear a cummerbund. Is that and that's it. Because nothing is more professional looking than a man who looks like a big horny cigar. <laughs> but yeah, Especially watch think, me bras. When do you think the last decade was where you could do something like that? Where you could actually go on a crime spree and just disappear? I because would, you, I'm not. I don't even think you could do it in the 20th century. Uh, I could say you could probably do it up until like 19. 40s, I would say. You think up until that late? You know what? Yeah. I have a very controversial. I have a very controversial view in this room that I think it constantly happens. I think that Ugh. there is anonymous murder and and, and people go missing uh, quite a bit in this country, especially if you look up anything about missing four one one or the idea of uh, people uh, murdering the less dead, or the concept of people anybody that's like a people of color or sex workers getting murdered. Those people disappear all the time. Uh, people that are involved in any way, shape, or form with our government that have either uh, worked on either side of either you know covert ops or like that kind of shit. Well, like, that's they, stuff, they the disappear. Ops, sure, uh, but I I think that uh, anonymous murder happens quite a bit. I don't know if you because nowadays truckers they of course they were considered the notorious killers of the highway, but now everything is monitored. Mm -hmm. They they have every single turn they take. That's is, what they did the truckers, and now now they have all the cameras on them. I just don't think you can do it anymore. I just think you just need to if you eliminate your ego. There's so many things you can do. Kissel, listen. <laughs> if, if you eliminate, do I have to give up my iPhone. No, I, we all do. We have uh, to all be like John Hawks, the actor who has a flip phone. <gasps> Isn't it a breath of fresh air? Do Honestly, T9 texting? Yes, he does. Oh, Honestly, that's amazing. brilliant. That's what you have to do. Keanu is the same way. They don't even fuck with the internet because it's dog crap. They're very smart. But if you don't care about being noticed for your crimes, which is the problem with these high-profile serial killers, these kinds of people, they want to be noticed. They, they are, All of this is a gigantic s screaming for attention, which is why they're murdering people half the time, where if you really are a person who's totally dedicated to committing murder and getting away with it, I think it's very easy. Look oh, at Israel Keys. I don't Israel know. Keys got away with it for quite a long but period he got of time. He got busted. Because you, just missed, he, you just proved your case wrong. Because he did it to himself. Yeah, he came out from behind the chat. When Israel Keys was just killing oh. and, and he wasn't communicating with anybody, not talking to anybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was when he was in the background. No one even knew that he existed. No one even knew that a serial killer, uh, like they weren't putting together the bodies mm -hmm. in Oregon with the bodies over in uh, Vermont. That that was yep. the other big one. Yeah, they weren't putting those bodies together. It wasn't yep. until he reached out in Alaska that he got killed. And, and probably, Israel Keys cannot be the only one. And maybe Twitchell too. Yeah, well, Alaska. Yeah, no, that's many true. people. And then also, I'm just saying, in like a city or in a place that has any kind of popular uh, any. Town over twenty thousand. I just don't know if you could do it. Oh, uh, what's his so. name? The Golden State Killer almost got away with it. Same exact thing. Where he just again he got and got yeah. got. Honestly, if he would have just died, he yeah. would have gotten away clean of all of his crimes. So yeah, it happen. happens quite a bit. If you just yeah. have enough patience, to listen to a man in the window. I'm certain to listen to you about the Golden State Killer. And if you just, you know, I really have just thought you were patience. talking about a man in your window. Just be like, <laughs> you're gonna want to address that. You have a lot of ideas. I've sir. been listening to Rudy quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a random vagrant. My my dream neighbor says a lot of things to me. 
about many different ways I can solve issues, quote unquote, in America, quote unquote. But, uh, you know, the uh, man in the window basically shows that if you have just enough patience and if you are truly a villain that does not care about people knowing about your crimes or you don't want people to know about your crimes, it's very easy to case somebody for long enough that you can know their schedule so well that you can murder them in the tiniest window and people don't even notice that they're gone for days and days. I wonder with the Golden State Killer, do you think he ever lost the urge to kill? Is it like if you're if you if your testosterone level? Well, that's what they said down? about Michael Jackson. The reason why uh, the a lot of the molestation stopped was because his sex drive went down. They don't know whether or not they, he might have been taking like sex drive reduction pills. He might have been on meds, mm-hmm. sort of like chemically castrating himself. But a lot of times, that's just what it is. You just stop being as horny. Yeah, and a, a lot of serial killers, as they do get older, the urge does. Go away it's more like, and more um, and more because uh, like BTK when BTK uh, came back like when he came like he didn't come back to kill like he it was he dormant. came back for puns yeah. <laughs> well he was gonna do one last one he was but quote unquote maybe, maybe he had big yeah. plans but his retirement like murder as he called Ugh, it God, what a freaking uh, but he wanted to do it like the cell. Because that person was supposed to be like, he wanted to nail somebody onto a cross and like vivisection them. All of this bullshit that he didn't do any of it. It reminds me of that movie Behind the Mask, the Leslie Vernon story, which I actually really love. I really love that movie. It's meta and like super nerdy and horror fun, but but I love it. But BTK, like he was, you know what stopped him from doing that? A road crew. Is that he was gonna do that? He had this whole big plan. I mean, if you have that uncontrollable urge, like the road crew, it's like, okay, maybe I'll go tomorrow. But then the road crew came on the day that he was gonna do his big gigantic retirement murder, uh, and he just decided, nah. Yeah, what do you do when right. Goose from the Blues Brothers band shows up? Well, and he's got his trumpet. Is that what a road crew is? You got a guy with a rhythm guitar. Yeah, was Ducky. there a dude named Ducky? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. He died. He's dead. Oh, hmm. it's too bad. Interesting. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening to our uh, Old Navy relaxed fit episode. Not sponsored by, by. Not sponsored by. I wish it was. So, of course. <laughs> oh, and if you want to learn more about the Bloody Benders, uh, you can order the Saga of the Bloody Benders uh, by Rick Geary uh, on the internet. Please support him. He is a very, very nice man. His stuff is all uh, factually accurate. He's got some really cool stuff on Billy the Kid as well. I also bought a book of his called The Link about the Lincoln County War, uh, which is uh, very fun. But yeah, all of Rick Gary's stuff. He's a very nice man, and his stuff is meticulously, meticulously researched and beautifully drawn. And yes, so they're beautifully drawn comic books. Very oh, entertaining because I also got a uh, an edition of his on Victorian murders. Yeah, he's. I think he's got two or three different um, anthologies of Victorian murders. But yeah, if you like true crime, you like comic books, check out Rick Geary. He's great. R-I-C-K-G-E-A-R-Y. There it is. Um, Yeah, and we can't wait to see everyone on the road here. We will see you in Minneapolis, Milwaukee, and Des Moines. And then we have a billboard up. On the way to heaven, <laughs> a.k.a. Atlantic, Atlantic City. Atlantic City, they know we're coming. They know we're coming. So you got to gonna... buy those tickets, though. Yeah, Please, you Lord, we, can, we need some fans in there to counteract the smoker's cough. We need <laughs> some... so I, it's literally just going to be a family of, like, five who lost all their money. Let's go watch a comedy show. This is a kind of California liberal comedy we're supposed <laughs> to be watching. Who wants to talk about cryptids? What, is this about your grandmother? <laughs> Quit roasting me, sir. I don't know, man. Yeah, August 8th, 9th, and 10th. That's St. Paul, Des Moines, and Milwaukee. Uh, of course, Atlantic City is on August 16th. Please come out to that show. August 17th, uh, we got Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Yep. And August 18th is Port Chester, New York. Remember, like I said last week, Port Chester, it's right north of New York City. So yeah, it's, it's real place. easy. I know it's a it, 
I don't know if it's just so terrible that people are afraid of it. I've never been to Port I'm Chester. I'm excited for it. it My grandparents great. lived in Rye. Oh, oh so classy. And so classy. Also, uh, August 11th in Milwaukee, I have a little tack on show. Hail yourself, America. Get those tickets because those are uh, going to be selling very fast. And again, um, this is one of those shows where if you see Kizzle after the show, if you buy a ticket and you show him the stub, he will give you a little kiss. Either <laughs> I will the not. Neck, he'll I will do it on not. the ear, no lips. He doesn't do kiss on the lips because it makes him fall in love. Uh huh. <laughs> but I will say we can go out and drink some beers in the beautiful city of Milwaukee. And it might lead to little earlobe no kisses. kisses. It will just be beers. Um, but yes, everyone, thank you all so much for listening. And you know what, folks? Never forget, hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Gene. Let's do a Magustalations. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking whatever. Of course. Of course. Puffin snores like a man on a bus stop. I know. <laughs> he is he, he's so cute. He is cute. <laughs> They canceled Woodstock 50. Yeah, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. A couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Why are okay. you? It sounds like you I do. Know, I do. I know. I. It's. You know, hippies, we'll talk about you it. Okay, well, hippies, we'll if you talk want to go. No, if, if you want to. Coming up on the music podcast, we're going to have a lot of choice words to say about the hippies. Whoa. I, I'm excited. So, yes. it's gonna, Yeah, we're recording. We're, we're doing some stuff soon. But, yeah, mm. going to have a lot, just lot, of, lot of words to, leave, to say. Leave David Crosby alone because he's my favorite grumpy hippie. On Twitter, he makes me laugh because he's so mad. And he's got the best mustache in the world. He really does. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix.